guest today has played 157 matches for the Hawks. He's scored 2,189 runs, and he's also taken over 200 wickets, 202, at an average of 13.99. Many believe he's the greatest of all time to play for the Hawks. Welcome, Simon Vanders Vanderkrook. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. That was um, the greatest of all time Hawks. I'm, I'm not sure about that. That's, okay, uh, mate. that's a bit had embarrassing. Well, yeah, Ben Daly, yeah. inaugural podcast guest, he, he said he, you're the best players played with. Um, yeah, that doesn't mean the best Hawks. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you are in that rare club, uh, the 2000 run 200 wicket club. We were just saying, uh, I think it's just you and Berkey in that club. Uh, you also just uh, recently were in, named in the team of the decade. Uh, I guess, thoughts on that? Well, that was, uh, it, I think if you were to get my opinion, you've put me in there as the all-rounder. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit stats-driven. Um, looking at that team, I probably um, would play the first game and, uh, and then bat at 11, maybe. <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't get a real look in at a ball once, I, once, I, <laughs> once the shine went off the ball. That's if I could get an open. But, um, you know, I'm really privileged to be in that team because... Um, you know, I've, I've put in 10 years in the Hawks. The Hawks have always been great to me. And it's been an, an absolute fantastic club to play for. And I love, I love the fact that, um, that I've been um, nominated for that. And it's, it is a real privilege to be a, to be a Hawk. It's uh, been a good period of uh, recognition, I guess, because you also uh, were getting famous in the bulletin the other, the other day, a newspaper article on, uh, I think it was your nine for eight game. Yeah. How, how did that come about? Did they get in touch with you or what, what a... Well, well, I think I think with COVID coming on, that um, all the, the the total news in the whole world had had diminished to such a point <laughs> that the that the bulletin must have got to the point where they had no filler whatsoever. <laughs> so they've decided to just give me a call, and uh, my brand over COVID has has increased like something. <laughs> my brand has gone through the roof. Like like I get yeah, a call, I get a call from a bulletin. I get a full page spread. <laughs> Uh, I get in the team of the decade. Um, I don't think I, it's all and down from here. Yeah, You're and I'm not even playing. And I'm, it's, it's it's all the way down from here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, amazing. And and it wasn't even the best figures for the Hawks because there's some some someone had a ten for yeah 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 yeah, yeah the poor been. stats. So yeah. you know, I think the article probably you know was a bit lucky. <laughs> how uh, how have you been keeping busy in these last few months with all the COVID stuff? Well, I am busy because I work in the hospital, mm. so um, it's been business as usual in the hospital. So really, just working nine to five. Lucky that I've got a job, you know, for all those feeling it for all those people who don't have a job. Mm. But um, yeah, very very busy at work. Just just trying to balance elective surgery and and ramping up and ramping down and and trying to stay safe. So you know, what, it has been a busy time. What do you do at the hospital? Uh, I'm a nurse unit manager of the sterilising department, so so we clean and sterilise all the um, surgical equipment for all the operations. Yeah. So there's always that going on. Yeah. So I'm never going to be I'm never going to be without work. Yeah. Has it been like a scary, I guess, almost time, or like you know that kind of thing? Because yeah, obviously we know like uh, you know there's obviously been a lot of concern around COVID. Yeah, and you you being a, I guess a healthcare yeah. worker. Well, 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 early early on we didn't really know what how it was going to go about. But uh, the social distancing, I think the government's done really well and uh, the health systems have done really well and we've all really behaved to the point where we don't really have any COVID. Mm. 
So there's been a lot of changes in the hospital. You know, they only had two doors open and, you know, we've reduced a lot of the, the foot traffic that comes into the hospital. So we're going to see some huge changes in the way that the, the hospital does business. I mean, this is really exciting cricket stuff, but... Um, <laughs> That's right. But, getting a, um, getting know, a full like, round like, of... Uh... Like a, lot of, a lot of changes are going to happen because of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think a thousand people a day used to come into our outpatients department to come and see a doctor. Yeah. Um, a lot of that, a great percentage of that, once this is over, is going to be um, over the phone. Stay, stay. And so we're having, you know, Microsoft Teams and, yeah. and all these things that are going to be brought into the hospital. It's going to be a lot more efficient afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. there will be some good from it. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't say scared. I think that's our job. Yeah. yeah. So nurses tend to, to rally, mm-hmm. and, and that is certainly our job. And the doctors, um, it is our job as healthcare workers. And you would have to anticipate that something like this might happen in, in your working lifetime. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, cricket-wise, obviously we haven't seen you on the park too much of late. I think it was your back was playing up, was yeah, it? Yeah, um, I ruptured a disc. Right. How's that? Is it, is it getting better? Or yeah, is it... it is, actually. Now, just to say, um, you know, I'm a bit of a wuss. So I think um, I did I did rupture my back um, and I did play with it. I think that was the worst thing. Mm. Is well, I did how, actually, how did you I did actually, actually do it? I don't know. I felt a pop at one point. On it during a game, bowling? Or? Oh, I, I think it was during a game, yes. But I did. I definitely felt a pop. And I thought it was just a bit of sciatica that I'd, I'd had in, my, um, in the back of my leg um, from a from a muscle, a muscle thing that I had a tightness in a bit of a ligament. And I'd had that about 12 months before. So when I did it this time, I had the same symptoms. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's all right. We'll, we'll just cope with that. But when I went to the doc, it actually had ruptured. Mm. Um, ben Daly, if he would have had this, he would have just played through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that man doesn't deserve to be on the field with all the injuries he's got. <laughs> yeah. And I get a little back injury and, <laughs> and, I, and I take 18 months off. But um, I've recently seen a surgeon. He thinks it's healed. Wow. So now all I've got to do is just to lose a bit of weight because I've, I've put a bit of weight on. Um, going back to my natural state, <laughs> I probably need to get back to Matt Steely and, uh, and get back to boot camps. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was at my fittest when I actually injured myself, I was at my fittest. Mm. So and I was really enjoying it. So, um, yeah, I think, I think you'll see me back on the park at least in Masters this year. Love that. I'd, like, I'd like to come back. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm. That's very exciting. exclusive Great on the uh, podcast. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's let's take it right back. How did um, how, like give us a bit of a, a background on your Vanders? Where did you grow up? Um, did you play cricket as a kid? Um, born in Port Ferry in Victoria. That's just a um, lovely little place on the on the Great Ocean Road there. Didn't play cricket as a child, but played a lot of backyard cricket. My dad introduced me to golf when I was nine years old. And my dad and mum owned motels and hotels, so we moved around a lot. Mm. I think I went to 11, 11 schools wow. in 12 years. And found, I think I played one year under 12s or under 13s, but then discovered, you know, I really wanted to play golf. Mm. Played in the first 11 in high school for a couple of years, that was, um, but that was compulsory back then. You had to play a sport, so I, I played cricket. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, but unfortunately, um, well, unfortunately for cricket and myself, I had a golf course right next to my high school. So I spent every living minute at the golf course. We, we know every golf day we've had at the Hawks, uh, you're in hot demand for, to partner up with. Um, what, uh, what sort of level, I think you got actually to quite a good level, didn't you? With, with yeah, golfing? I became a pro golfer. Yeah. 
So I moved up. I moved up to the Gold Coast when I was eighteen yeah. with my parents. Um, they they to, owned a motel here. No, they owned a, a sort of a cafe, a okay. coffee shop, and uh, so they decided to move up because we'd had holidays. My mum and dad loved the Gold Coast, so they came up. Decided eighteen, just move up, and um, I just played golf down at Surface Paradise Golf Course, and a job came up at Palmetto's. Palmetto's was just opening. And the Japanese were just hitting the Gold Coast. Yeah. So this really exciting thing happened. I was just playing at Surface Paradise at about, I think it was about a four or three handicap. And they were looking for some trainees. So I turned up on the day and said, you know, I wouldn't mind it. And they were looking for staff to ramp up real quick. So I was really lucky enough to get a, a traineeship there. Mm. And uh, did my apprenticeship at Palm Meadows and, uh, and came out as a golf pro. And spent a few years playing um, and also at the golf, uh, at the golf course. Being um, giving lessons as well, but uh, soon came to realise that probably didn't have that ten percent mm. to really to really probably make a, a good living out of it. So did you like did you play in like the Queensland Open or what? Like did you play in some good uh, sort of tournaments? Or? I played. I made the I made the cut in the Palm Meadows Cup. Yep. Um, next the, the, the next tournament, which I was a bit unlucky, but the next tournament was the Masters in right. in Melbourne. Right. Was the next right. week. And back then, if you finished, because Palmetto's, I think, was the first tournament of the year, that was the first ranking of the Order of Merit. So that year I made the cut, and I think I finished oh, at the back of the pack anyway. Um, and I, I was $100 from getting a straight start into the Masters. Oh, wow. So I actually was the, so, the, so let's just say 75 people got in the Masters. Mm. I was the 76. Oh, no. Now the 76 normally plays because someone pulls out. Yeah. That year no one pulled out. Uh -huh. So I, did, I didn't get to play in that. New Zealand Open, I think I played. I went over there and qualified for the New Zealand Open. Played in, played in Japan, the Daikyo Cup. Wow. Yeah, but didn't play, didn't play in too much. Before we get back into cricket, I just want to, like, if there was a bucket list course around the world, which one would it be to have a crack oh, at? Oh, that'd be Augusta, wouldn't it? Pretty iconic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to play there. They'd probably have to carry off in a box. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have so many parts, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the iconic one, isn't it? And what about the favourite course you have played at? Oh, that's that's... There's a few. Oh, Royal Melbourne would be the best course I've played at. Okay. Yeah, in the on you know in Australia. And so, obviously, you had that season in juniors. Uh, was the next time you played cricket for a club at Helensville when you joined here, or had you yeah, played? Yeah. So I played golf from when I was up here from 18, um, and then when I decided that I you know I really couldn't, um, I wasn't going to really make a huge living out of it. I went back to nursing. So I went back to Griffith Uni to do nursing. Um, had a family. Um, family takes over. Two daughters. And uh, spent um, probably from the minute they were five to about 13. Spent every waking minute at uh, Wet and Wild. <laughs> <laughs> on one of those lounge chairs. Looking at, um, so, uh, yeah, I spent, I spent a lot of time at Wet and Wild. And doing the kids. So you work, you work all week and then, and then you, you look after your kids on the weekend because yeah. mum's had enough. And uh, and they loved the water, so I didn't play any sport really. Yeah. The only the only sport I played was with um, with my father in law and my brother in law. We, we used to play at um, at Parkwood, so you'd go down at six o'clock on a, on a Saturday morning. You play golf. You'd finish by ten, and then you would with the family. Mm. Um, when the kids got a little bit, I think it was about forty two. When the kids got to their sort of teenage years, um, and they didn't really need wet and wild as much, 
I decided to play some cricket because I've always wanted to play cricket. So I hadn't played cricket from 17 to 42. So what was that like coming into a, a, a club, I guess, a little bit more mature or later on in life? Well, for those who know me, um, I'm probably 52 going on 14 most of the time. <laughs> um, so coming into the, coming into the club was, 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 was not too bad. Um, I just loved it from the minute I walked in because there were some larrikins here. And, uh, Give us a couple of examples. Oh, Paso. <laughs> I mean, Paso, Paso I think personified he was... back then. He was, um, yeah, he was sort of the, well, the first person I sort of got introduced to. I don't um, think he was next. a deliberate larrikin, though, probably. No, I don't, I don't think he was, but he took it fairly seriously. But I thought, I thought sometimes, oh, well, what, what am I getting myself into? Uh, especially when um, I got to the nets and, you know, I, I pretty well straight up was putting a few little innies into people's thighs and... <laughs> And they weren't really appreciative of it, especially Paso. <laughs> so there were a few characters around. Yeah. Um, because you had Josh Mitchell, Dave Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some. There was, and the minute the minute you walk into the place, there's a great feel about it. I mean, we weren't winning very much back then. Mm. I do um, like to. I know you've told some really good stories about how that evolved over time to when you were playing maybe three or four years ago, like not too long ago compared to when you started, there was a big difference in how you would approach a game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, we, um, I don't, I, I, I don't remember much because I, I did, I, I did in the first early days drift between sixes and fifths. Mm. I don't think, I was looking back at some of the stats. I'm not even sure, like there were some years we didn't have a fourth grade. There were some years we didn't have a fifth grade. I distinctly remember one game up at Palm Beach and it was a two-day game and we actually won the first innings and we managed to bat good enough to stop them from winning the points. Mm -hmm. And we celebrated that like it was a grand final and I couldn't really figure out why. But I think it was the first time they'd ever actually got a point well, off Palm Beach. So that's so that, Maybe that, that was what Josh was telling yeah, us. At that, at that point, at that point, that's how sort of um, against other sides we yeah. were we were really the, the whipping boys. Mm, yeah. And we celebrated each win. Yeah. So yeah, it um, and that's and to to come to where we are now, where I don't think we're whipping boys anymore. Mm. I think we we obviously I would think that we're respected. We're not easy beats. Mm. Um, it's come a long way. But those days were heady days. They were the cowboy days. <laughs> But they were fun as well. I mean, they were. Uh, I enjoyed my cricket here, you know, because um, you know, playing with some of those lads. They were. I, I loved playing with Paso. Do you have any uh, memorable stories from that time? Oh, uh, um, there was one. There was one story where um, at Eleonora he tried to take apart a pagola with his bat. I remember that. Who, who won the, the, the bat or the pagola? Oh, I think the pagola might have won. <laughs> but the bat was back next week. <laughs> the bat, he, had that, he had the bat with um, his special bat that was, um, geez, it must have been hard. But, but he, he attacked the pagola over there. I remember one, one day out at Madriba, my um, mother-in-law, my father-in-law came out. And Paso didn't get um, the decision he got. I think he got an LB. Never really enjoyed those. <laughs> Halfway off the field, the bat came over the boundary line and uh, my mother-in-law um, heard some um, words there that I don't think she even knew, um, which was an absolute tirade. And I said to my mother-in-law, I said, oh, look, I'm sorry about that. And she absolutely loved it, apparently. So, uh, yeah, that's Paso. Well, I know... Uh... You always were a nightmare to face in the nets. Uh, you know, you'd get the ball to, to talk. And uh, I think, yeah, a lot of guys, including myself, probably uh, found you as hard as 
even the first grade guys, if not harder. I mean, what from your own point of view, I guess, what was sort of key to you know what you what success you have achieved with the ball? I think it comes down to a little bit of my personality. I I would consider myself to be quite a, a fairly boring bowler who is completely without the ability to bowl a slow ball. Um, my philosophy about bowling was always that I hated a run off my bowling. Mm. And when I have a look at my bowling stats over my career, I'm more proud of the three per over than the 200 wickets okay. because that's the way I'm built. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to my golfing, um, what, I probably, what I probably didn't possess to be able to um, go forward in my golf was I'm always a sort of a, always been a bit of a glass half empty person. And I distinctly remember one day I played out a Century Cove tournament. The tenth out there is a is tree lined on the left, water on the on the right, mm. right. And I stand up on the tee, you know, really nervous. And I can all I'm looking at down the path is I'm looking at where not to hit it. So yeah. I'm thinking, don't hit in the water, don't hit it in the trees. Tiger Woods would be standing up there saying, I'm going to hit it on the fairway. He's not seeing the water or the trees. So that sort of mentality. So when I came to cricket. It was all about, well, where can I bowl it that I'm not going to like hemorrhage runs? Because mm-hmm. I hate hemorrhaging runs. So off stump, little innies. Um, and I would go down the nets here. And if I bowled a slower ball that got smacked, I wouldn't bowl another small, slower ball for the rest of the year. Because <laughs> uh, just, I just couldn't do it. I just, I'm, not mentally, I'm not mentally able to actually think to myself, well, if I bowl this, the risk might be that they're going to hit it for six because I can't stand going for any runs. So probably probably it works in fifth and sixth grade really well because once you once you start to go up the grades, people stand, they, they see those little innies and they stick their pad out and, and the better umpires don't give them out anymore or they hit you over cow corner and you become sort of ineffectual, don't you? So... Oh. Well, you obviously have had a lot of success in like third and fourth grade and a bit in seconds as well, where like, I mean, a lot of people we've spoken to on this already have, you know, said that, you know, batters often get themselves out. So if you bore them enough, uh, you know, I guess that's going to take well, effect. Not, not, in my, not in my experience. <laughs> in, third, in third and second grade, they generally just see you off. Mm. You know, so you've only got five or six good, in, good overs in you and they just see you off. And I suppose if you do, if you do bowl that line, that off stump line, and you do bore them to tears, then the other guy at the other end is probably taking wickets. True. You know, so that um, that is something. But um, I reckon I probably might, if I if I possessed the ability to do a, a slower ball or something, or actually even change it up occasionally, mm-hmm. I might have got more wickets. Um, and also over the time, I've been spanked around because I haven't had a second sort of a second thing to go to mm-hmm. when a batsman gets on top of you. I think David O'Donnell said to me one day, he said, um, you know, you, it's, it's difficult to put you on when the batsmen are going because you kind of don't have a second, a second gear or a second something to go to. And I totally agree with him. Mm. But, um, you know, the lower grades, they can't really handle an innie, can they? Well, that's the thing. So, so, especially when d- you're umpiring your own games. <laughs> <laughs> despite, uh, you know, despite what you're saying, like you, you are a very skillful bowler, especially people talk about the way you swing the ball and it just, you know, moving huge amounts. So how did you develop that part of your game? Because a lot of people know. can't swing the ball. I so. don't know. Could, could, could you get it to go both ways? I. Uh, you say that you've obviously mentioned innies. Could you get it to go away as well? Or? 
um, later, later in my career, I could. Right. But then my innie started to go. Oh, so I just wanted the other. So, yeah. So you started to lose the other because right. once you change your action, mm. it's very, very difficult to do it both ways. Mm. If you can get a nice little two-piece ball with a shiny side, then yeah, maybe, maybe I could. But then I really found it hard to do a to do a, an out swinger because you have to put the out swinger on middle and and swing mm. it out. Yeah. But because I was bowling five. Innies, yeah. they'd invariably start at fifth stump and go yeah. out. Yeah. So it wasn't really good for me. Mm. And the cutters as well. You used to you used to be able to move it off the surface. Off the deck, yeah. 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 Was yeah. That was just about hitting the seam, was it, more than anything? Well they that most of those most of those were cross seamers. Okay. Just just cross seamers and um, and trying to leg cut them. Mm. That was something that I've developed really late when I st- when I started to lose my in swing. Right. And when you go play up in the uh, up in the in the um, you certainly play on grass mm. and you start playing with those four piece balls that don't swing nearly as much. Mm. Um, then um, you have to you have to do something. So I tried to hit the seam a little bit more. Okay. Um, that's great. Well, there's a great simplicity to your to your game plan there. Yeah, it's then, not knowing it? what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just what you do is you just go, you just bowl on the nets, and you know, and oh, that's that's what I seem to be able to do. And then you just like um, choose the line from that. If you did have one piece of advice you would give to a young bowler, uh, what would it be? I think probably learn what you're capable of, and then develop around that. I suppose others would say, others would say, you know, but I think you need to, yes, you're right. I think you need to develop your stock ball um, yep. if you're bowling and find well, so out what So some that kids is. probably get a bit too, like, worried about having four or five different deliveries yeah, with that, yeah. like, yeah. But then maybe once you've got to go up the grades, you've got to, you've got to have those four or mm. five delivery, deliveries up your, up your sleeve, don't mm. you? But get that uh, soft ball right first. Yeah, well, when you, when you, you should, I think you should do, and, and learn the lines that you need to do. But that definitely that that oh, that fifth stump stump line is is definitely the best. And the only other thing that I would say is that once you start to learn your lines, start to learn where your fielders need to be. Mm. So take it one step further, is start setting the fields that you need to for the line that you're going to bowl. All right, and then really concentrate on bowling that line because you soon because there's not a lot of not a lot of amateur cricketers in lower grades really probably are consistent enough to be able to set a field for themselves. Mm. Back to Vanders in a sec. We're just going to look back now at our episode from last week where we spoke to run scoring machine, Caleb Day. Came to Helensvale and haven't looked back since. Obviously struggled the first few years, as I said. So it was hard, sort of, it was a bit embarrassing sort of at times, not getting any runs and still getting put in first grade. And But obviously someone saw something in me and just kept me up there and then paying off to some extent now. Make sure you go back and have a listen to that one. Now, back to Vince. Let's, uh, let's jump into some of those really memorable games, mate. That nine for eight, take us through it. Nine for eight, right. It was a little bit of a memorable game. Memorable game. Pack Pines High. Um, Conrad was um, the captain. Right. I remember that. I think big Dave Houghton was um, keeper. Uh, we, um, I think, I, I didn't. I don't remember much about the batting, but I, we made a hundred. I, I, I had a look at the stats. Okay. Yeah. So I was coming from the northern end, my my preferred end at Pack Pines High. Played a lot I of had, games. I had, I had, a, I had a, a really nice ball that day. 
So what what do you consider like like do you like the ball being like quite dark? I know some like the, the new ball, or do you like no. it being brighter red? Or? Well, those two pieces tended to be a little bit inconsistent, mm-hmm. right? And, and you can see that because um, they're a cheaper ball, right? Well, they were a cheaper ball, but they're only two pieces. The, and you can get a four piece, and it, and it sort of moulds better. But you can get a two piece that just feels right in your hand one day, and it just seems to consistently swing. So this one was a very nice ball that day um, that I got. Um, I just so started off early, as I mentioned in the article. The first two, oh, there was no way they were out. They were so far outside the old sun. but they would have, they would have, they would have hit middle. Yeah, but they were just swinging in. Mm. So, so you know, I, both, both. I think the guy that was um, from the other side, he pegged them both. <laughs> he got dragged off by the captain. <laughs> the captain said, "Hey, hey, come on, <laughs> off, off." And uh, and then I had a couple more bowls. I think I, I got the. The, um, the captain, who was LB, if I remember, and he was he was like outside the off stump oh, as well. So they're, they're so not doing themselves any favour. No, so he's walking off saying, you don't know the laws, you don't know the laws. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then um, in my sixth over, I think I went dot, dot, and then I remember bowling a guy, and then the next two guys were told they were walking in and I and, and I heard the other batter going up to him saying, just watch out, they're just they're just they're just inning a little, inning a little. <laughs> so the next two guys shouldered arms and got by. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so, yeah, 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 yeah. The last guy took so long to come out because I think they were um, they they just weren't padding up quick enough. <laughs> so the hat so got the hat trick, then got the next guy out, bold. Double hat trick. Double hat trick. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then that was six balls. I, the, the umpire got um, confused, so I got one more ball at it, which was a seventh ball, mm. the seventh ball in the over, and uh, it got into his pads, but he kept it out. Mm. And, and so, was this the first only hat trick that you've taken? Or yeah, 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 yeah. So you yeah. got a double hat double trick with a guy shouldering arms, and yeah, then yeah. so obviously uh, uh, the story that I know is that. Um, you never got another crack at the the tenth no, wicket. No, because Conrad Conrad took the other guys who weren't all that successful and put Jack Baird on. <laughs> so Jack Baird puts one on fifth. You know he could have he could have really. You know I don't know what he could have done. But, you know he could have been a bit sensible. There. <laughs> um, but um, so he bowls he bowls this really nice slot ball fifth and, and just skies it to Vela in the. In the covers, surely they dropped the catch. No, no. Oh, <laughs> he no. couldn't have dropped it if he tried. Um, so it, yeah, so that was it. No, um, oh, the irony of it is—well, not the irony, but a good story from that is because I think the the Bears might have even had a bit of a conspiracy going um, on me at that point. Um, I don't know if they might have had money on the the points for the year. I don't know what happened. But oh, the right. next week we went to Bow Desert and uh, took five for five. <laughs> Um, on a ground that you could only score ones and sixes. That's how. That's how. That's how big the grass was. Yeah. You could only score in ones and sixes. And uh, I was then hailed as you know the best, the next best thing. You know, Fourteen for thirteen or something. <laughs> Got promoted to fourth grade from sixth grade. And I remember out at um, St. Stephen's, I've never played there before, the pitch is as wide as three stumps. <laughs> we got there and there was a um, there was the the, up, the opposite team had this long rope. That they were that they were marking the boundary with some some guy stood in the middle of the pitch and they did the circle right. I thought, geez, that's not a bad idea. But they bought the junior one. I, bought, I, don't, I don't think they bought the senior one because this 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 pitch um, the ground was as big as um, pack pines. You know, down near Woolies. I reckon it was, oh, that it was one. tiny. It was tiny. Yeah. So the next big thing comes on. Me and Parso open up. 
And there's this guy who got demoted, or not demoted, but he got brought down. We all knew that he was a fairly good batter. Mm. And we were warned about him. And, of course, I think Belly was furious with me because he'd be normally the opener and, and the next big thing comes in and gets the... Well, I've got to say, Belly's unlucky not yeah. to lose the pass on that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. And so um, I, bowled the first, I bowled the first ball. I got to open. Bowled the first ball, smacked over cow corner for four. Um, let's put a feeler out there. No, nah, 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 I'll be right. I'll be right. <laughs> Next one, cow corner for four. <laughs> Who's captaining? Oh, okay, that's all right. Not important. Yeah, quite. No, it wasn't belly anyway. And then um, I got, um, so the third ball, I sort of put on the same line, didn't want anyone out there, let's see what I can do. And, um, and it got skied to short mid-wicket, Jack Baird under it, drops a dolly. <laughs> I go for 38 runs and three overs. <laughs> Passo goes for about as many as that. His head was purple. <laughs> Belly's head was purple because he, you know, he thought, oh, yeah, no, well, by rights, you know, I, I should have been the one that was on. And that was the end of the career, really. That was the end of the next best, the next best thing. Yeah, three overs for 38 runs. Hey? Highs and lows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was another, I've got no doubt here, there's another, an eight for four. Yeah, that was the year before in fifth grade. Incredible that eight for four is only your second best figures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, eight for four. That we, we played a double game that day. It was over so quick. <laughs> so that was that day. That was up at Brockman. Yeah. That was another one where the ball was just swinging. Yeah. Nice, and another nice. Yeah, ball. just 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 innies, just bowl, 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 bowl. Because you just you just get those teams that don't have a forward defence, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And they just let <laughs> they them just, sneak around. And they yeah. just let them sneak around everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, we played a double game that game. Yeah, but I had to wicket keep the second game. I wasn't there to bowl. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was the year before. Yeah, and would those be the highlights of your bowling career? Is there another bowling performance that stands out for you? I think um, the game, the day we won here in second grade, mm. Cobb. I I did I have mean, this you mentioned. Did, you did mention you did mention that one um, in second grade. We we kept um, the premiers of that year down to a pretty low target. And sometimes you can actually bowl without any wickets. Mm. Well, this but is a famous one. So Matt Steely loves the story. So I, I was filling in as captain this day, and yeah, we were in Way Bay. Yeah, they, this is the only game they lost all year. Mm. So we, you know, we were, weren't going very well. And I know that. So I opened with Simon and maybe it was Elmsy, or I'm yeah, not sure. But um, and uh, yeah, Simon, you know, there's a wonder six overs for twelve. I think this opening spell, like against this really good first grade yeah. Runaway Bay team. And the wicket he should have had, do you, do you recall this? Uh, I it, do. It popped up, popped up to Gully, and who happened to be there? <laughs> Craig, unfortunately. <laughs> I've, started, I've started running in from mid-off, already <laughs> celebrating, and then I've gone, oh, oh no. <laughs> and Simon, so uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I think that was strategic <laughs> because, um, and St- um, Shane Warne said it quite a few years ago, if you've got someone not making runs... Sometimes, sometimes the one thing you've got to do is try to keep them in, especially in those one days. Mm. And especially in lower grades, uh, I've learnt, mm. if you get, uh, and I don't think we play this enough, if you get, the, you, you get, the, you get those teams where you've got the sneaky, sneaky couple of um, rusted-in guys who, who are around five and six, they put the, they put the kids in at you know, one to four, yeah. they're, they're sort of just blocking it away, right? You should just keep them in. Yeah. Craig, yeah, masterstroke it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. But well, we'll, just to 
I guess continue on that. Uh, I think you came back later, bowled two more maidens, eight overs for 12, I think I, I recall. Kept them 140. Mm-hmm. We were looking good. Dr. Nige made a 50. We were looking good. We are like, sweet, we're going to do this. And we had a massive collapse. And uh, as it turned out, it was Simon and Nathan uh, Pellon uh, being 10 and 11. Uh, you know, we needed 20 to win. Like, I'd given up. I was shattered. I thought the, the, win, of it, the win of my life was uh, <laughs> gone. Uh, Simon and Nathan, there might have even been more. It might have been 30 needed. But anyway, um, they chipped away. We needed about 11 off the last over. Yeah, 11 um, off the last. Before they got there, they'd also run a four. Like, Nathan's not overly quick. And, you know, I didn't expect Simon to be running a four. So that was, uh, that was enjoyable to see. And then, yeah, take us through that last over from what you remember. Well, well, Nathan, I didn't think I didn't think um, we were going to win it either. I thought we were like um, because they had a couple of good bowlers coming on, and Nathan, the minute he walked in, he goes, "Mate, we're going to win this," and I said, "Well, okay, all right, well, let's do it." And then we come down to the eleventh, uh, eleven in the last, and I, I, I don't know, was the captain bowling? Yeah, so he'd used up he used up all his bowlers managed uh, because he was trying to bowl us out, yeah. and then he, so he had to come on for the last over. Yeah, and um, and I remember their first grade because this made it really good too because I think their first grade had toppled someone. No, this was so, well, this oh, was this, this, run, this is Runaway Bay's first grade we beat. Oh, did we? They didn't okay. have its first. Well, grade. who who come up because one of the one of the Runaway Bay teams who who who'd had a good win they all came up on the. Oh, okay. So they were watching it. So that added a little bit of spice to it as well. <laughs> you know. So the first, the first ball, Nathan, Nathan was on strike, so he sort of just blocked it and we ran because we were just going to be tippity run. Mm. Second one, I hit through covers down to deep cover, and we ran two. We probably shouldn't have got two, but they were they weren't that great in the field that day, and um, we put a bit of pressure on them. Mm. So that was eight to win. Then the next one was sort of bowled on. Middle stump. I, I went to reef it over cow corner and, and and got the edge, and it went straight over the keeper. And back then, you know, the ovals always there's no grass on it at all. So they had a um, they had someone down there, but it just beat him because yeah. it, it went down real fast. And so that's at that point, I was like, actually, maybe we yeah, could win this. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So at that well, point, seven off yeah. three balls, right? So yeah. So yeah. we needed four to win off yeah. the last three. So and, then, um, and so. And so they, they moved the guy that was a third man or sort of that fourth grade sort of slot mm. that you had that beautiful little slot through sort of gully, backward of gully. And they moved um, they moved him back because they thought, oh, yeah, he's just going to hit that back in the same place. You know, mm. the ultimate change the field when the horse is bolted. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one went straight through there. Yeah. And uh, that was great. It, the, the guy ran around and he dived and didn't get it and... We all oh, ran out geez, in the we field. Celebrated yeah, that, yeah, we, we, we celebrated that. Uh, yeah, special, very yeah, we special. Broke, we broke Betty's rule of not singing in the clubhouse that day. <laughs> <laughs> we were banging on walls. And yeah, <laughs> uh, so, uh, that was a great one. But uh, I guess that that last shot, you uh, you did, yeah, the first one you edged before, but the second one you did hit get proper. And yeah. That was sort of a signature shot for you over the years. Oh, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can't when you can't hit it forward or square, right, you've got, to, you've got to use those back, don't you? Use the pace. You got to you got to, to use the pace just to just to angle. And so, well, you, you got a you got more than two thousand runs at a you know decent average. And uh, I know you, you made I think a hundred in fourth grade. And like, so you actually, I mean, you probably declined in the later years. I think maybe for eyesight or something. But uh, you were struggling towards the end of your your career batting wise. But I mean, uh, you obviously in the early years made a lot of runs. Not didn't make a lot of runs early okay. because I didn't really bat middle then maybe. Middle middle I did. And then towards the end of the career, um, well, not career, but the end of my time, like sort of the, the back end of my um, time, I didn't want to bat up and bowl. 
Mm. So if I got a bowl, I was more than happy just to, and, and I don't know, that's just a, that's just the thing. I just prefer everyone to get a go. Mm. Yeah. So, and also, as you said, when I got when I um, when I was forty eight or something or forty nine, I woke up one day and the and the world was blurry. Mm. You, you go to pot overnight, so you know it's amazing. And uh, I couldn't see as well. I had to do um, I had to play in contacts, which get really you know I didn't really enjoy contacts. Couldn't mm. play in glasses. So mm. yeah, it started to get a little bit um, hairy there for a little while. And I was playing I was playing in thirds and. A bit of two, so they were helping us. So they were, um, they were you know, sharp. It was, they were sharpish. So you do, you do decline a little. Do you, do you uh, hope to be kind of back up, maybe in the middle order, playing masters? Uh, no, I reckon. I reckon if I don't bowl, if I come back and I'm not um, bowling, that I'd be happy to come up and try and make a few more runs. Mm. Do you have a memorable innings with the bat? Um, the hundred, the hundred was good in fourth grade. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that hundred. It was somewhat. Uh, I mean, it wasn't as special as as probably other people's hundreds because they were they were bowling off stump all day and refused to put a deep point in. And I think I, and my wagon wheel only had one spoke. <laughs> you know, it, it had one spoke, a thick line straight through point. Yeah. And they were just bowling there. And they the, the captain just refused to put someone out there. I don't know what he was doing. So it was just like straight through there, straight through there, straight through there, straight through point. Um, so you know, you take it. You don't have to draw a picture, do you? When when it's in the um, when it's in the record books, you don't have to draw a picture. That's yeah, true. Exactly. You know, it, it yeah. says a hundred. It doesn't say that. Yeah. Boy, the captain uh, dropped the ball that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, more recently, uh, I guess uh, you, you had the chance to represent Queensland mm. over fifty level. Mm. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, I'm sure that's a, you know, a proud sort of thing to do. Yeah, that was a bit of fun. So. Uh, uh, that was a lot of fun. So I didn't really know about over fifties cricket, um, and uh, so I got invited. You can play just the round robins because there's a few over fifties teams, and they started. Um, I think the association or, or got together and started a few divisions. So the Gold Coast put in two teams, and we did. We played in the Brisbane sort. It's like a winter cricket thing, like that sort of concept. So, and then they were going to pick a Queensland side to go to the to the Nationals, and then from that, they pick an Aussie side. So it was up in Brisbane, and I got picked for the Queensland B side. Right. Pretty hard to get into the um, into the big side, and to the A side, because they're, um, there's quite a few talented guys in, you know, for ex-first graders and those type of things, and they're, and they're really, really good cricketers. I think there was, a, I mean, Alistair Lynch, the footballer, he turned up one day, just yeah, right. said, hey, can I get a game? And I think he got in the top grade. But he, he is still yeah. like 100 kilos of solid muscle, yeah. just an amazing athlete. So really, as I said, if you can, if you can, if you can get your arm above your head, <laughs> right, and you can move it over, then you can play. Because <laughs> you're a chance. Um, but there are some really good cricketers in it. Mm. I mean, I'd love to see. I'd love to see some of the guys here that are over fifty. It takes a bit of time, but it's it's great. The other, yeah, the, and the opportunities are there because um, unfortunately they went to South Africa this year and got called off because of COVID. Mm. Um, but um, you can play for Australia, yeah. and that's a, that's an Australian baggy cap. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, what a privilege if you could get into the Australian side. But it's becoming a lot tougher now because 
a lot of the countries are coming in. There's been ex-professional cricketers, uh, yeah. you know, once you're over 50. So did you travel away and play for Queensland? No, just up, uh, just up to the goal. That um, was where to, the Nationals were. That's where the Nationals were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. They take it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Well, um, well, we'll jump into our throwdowns now, our final right. questions that we ask uh, every guest. Right. So um, you'll have a, a great pool of players to, to pull here from. But oh, yeah. <laughs> who is the best player you have played with at the Hawks? Yeah, and I've thought about this one. I think, I think if if you had a look at potential, I always used to look at Reese Coombs, mm. and and he, I don't know, he had a youthfulness about him that um, and an ability to play every sport, and I always thought, hey, you know, he he could have he could have, well, he could still be anything, um, but um, it's been a shame that he, that he's been missed from the Hawks for the last few years. Yeah, well, he, he oh, went more down the footy path. And yeah. Unfortunately, I think he's had a few knee uh, injuries, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's certainly a very oh, talented man, guy. He was, um, he was um, awesome, wasn't he? Mm, that's, a, that's a name that's we a haven't one. had yet, yeah. so that, that's uh, that's always good to have. Um, a player you've played, a best player you've played against? Is anyone... Uh, best player I've played against? Any bowler or batter that? You uh, there was a couple of guys from there was a couple of guys from Palm Beach. There was a there was a team that we we sort of really back in two thirteen two fourteen. There was a there was a couple of bowlers there that that were very good. Ben would know their names because Ben used to like um, study. You know, he used to yeah, study the research. Used to know everyone, but um, he'd be able to tell you those. But uh, there was a couple of guys um, there, but. No, in the lower grades, no, not really anything that really stood out because you don't. Um, when you play a lot in the lower grades, you don't really, um, you don't really get to play the same guys a lot. I, I suspect you're playing first grade to play a lot of the guys. Mm. We don't. The most memorable guy I ever played was was the wizard. The wizard, yes, yes. The wizard from the wizard, Loganhome. The wizard from Loganhome. Yeah, he, um, um, McLean, um, Matthew, something McLean. Oh, yeah, but no, the wicketkeeper no, and uh, he called himself the wizard. Yeah, no, he, oh, I don't, we, he had the big beard, and I think we kind of. <laughs> I do recall one time um, Elmsy was. Uh, I don't think he played this game, Simon, but uh, Elmsy was out here, and you know Elmsy's not the quickest bowler yeah. going around, and he, we were playing on a slow pitch, and he's put in a half tracker, and it's just lobbed up and just brushed his glove and he's gone, you know, knees shaking. He's gone <laughs> gone to ground. I think he's walked off the field, uh, it retired hurt. He was, he yeah, was an interesting was, cat. Yeah. And um, if um, you, you were pretty notorious, you're pretty um, um, special in this club if you got out by the wizard. Um, so if you, if you got dismissed by the wizard, um, it's a small club. I don't know. Exactly. You, I don't are you know. in it? No, I'm not in it. No, but I'm um, not, I actually think I might. I think I might have been caught behind. Are I think you, I'm. Are you I'm, yeah. by the wizard? Uh, yeah. So um, Matt Steely might be in the in the club with me. Uh, I really so, I'm by the wizard. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we don't like to talk about it, so uh, we'll move on. Now. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. But um, he, he was he was interesting. That guy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What about a funniest memory you have from oh, your time? Funniest memory. I've been thinking about this one. I do remember back um, when I used to play with Steve Gooley. Um, who's, who's just come back, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was at he was at first slip, and um, he he caught one off me at first slip, and he used to wear that brim hat. Still so, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, hat, his, hat, his hat fell off. <laughs> he sort of the, the, the nick came, and he sort of jerked like that. <laughs> his hat fell off. He put his arm out. He caught it one-handed with his hat fully across his face in midair, and acted like it was supposed to be like that. So you know, there's there's one thing about being able to pull something off, 
And then there's the other one to, you know, to have the, the, the fantastic attitude to say, oh, yeah, no. It's intentional, yeah. Yeah, I normally do that. <laughs> Gilly, was he a bit of a jaunty roads in the field for you? This uh, last that's year? not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe uh, a few years ago. A favourite win, most memorable win? So we talked about the one out here. Mm. I think my most favourite win, and going back to the Palm Beach, 213-214, um, round six, out of Pack Pines High, We'd had a bit of a tussle with this um, Palm Beach side who um, who we we didn't like much. Well, you know, they had some really good cricketers in the side that we really respected mm. and they had a bunch of them that we didn't really, well, I'll speak for myself, I didn't really like. So we had this sort of love-hate relationship. They were at the top of the tree, we were coming up. So this day at Pack Pines High, they scored 220-something and I distinctly remember we, we batted second. So we, um, and we'd always been beaten horribly by these guys. We just couldn't, I don't think we'd, I don't think we'd beaten them. And uh, there was a, um, so I think the top order went okay, the middle order went okay. And we still had probably 30 or 40 runs to get. And Jackson Clark, some of our younger kids, Jackson Clark, um, there was Zach Mitchell. Wow. He, he scored 10 at the bottom and uh, didn't get bowled first ball, so he, he, he must have got his eye in. And, uh, and then Josh Coombs um, brought us home. And I just remember coming towards the end of that, where all the guys were on the boundary line, Ben was like an electric bunny, and we just rid every run. And uh, it might be an obscure one out of the, out of the blue, but I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Because there has to be, a, I, I think, to really enjoy one, you really love the win. Pull it out of some. Pull it out of nowhere. Plus, you've also got to have a little bit of um, buy-in mm. in the, in the contest, which we certainly had against that Palm Beach. Mm. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. Well, you've been uh, so good with your time, Vanders. We'll we'll finish off with this one. What uh, what keeps you coming back to the Hawks? One, it's a, one, it's a great club. All right, it's got really good people in it. It's always had good people in it. It's the, the success that it, that it keeps having. I mean, the, the, the amount of people that have, that have put into this place. It, there's always been, you know, when past presidents leave and then there's always talk of, oh, no, where are we going to go? And then always good people seem to fill the gaps. But what, what, what the Hawks gives me, um, I've got a pretty, you know, important job and it gives me a break away from that. And it also... The one thing that I love about cricket and love I love about the Hawks is 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 I love that um, that locker room culture mm. because I really need to get away and spend some time with the boys, which is what which is kind of what cricket gives me. Mm. And uh, I think as we've gone on in in life and and the way things are evolving, that that guys get to spend less time with guys, and uh, I, I reckon that's what cricket gives you. And, and it's really good to, to, to just that, 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 that bit of mucking around that you have on the weekend, that little bit of, you know, you, you piss take each other and, uh, and, and you laugh at each other and, and the fines and, and all these fines things. I mean, they're, they're, I love all that and I really need all that because I, I just can't survive without it. So, yeah, that's what cricket and the Hawks do for me. That's great. Thank you so much, Ben. It's really that's appreciate right. your time, yeah. mate. Yeah. Great answers, great insights into some good stories. So, uh, yeah, much uh, appreciate you uh, coming down and uh, yeah, thanks for the invitation. <laughs>
that was uh, that was really good fun chatting to bandits. Uh, we, we we hope you enjoyed it. And next week we'll be back, of course, with a uh, another big guest. Stay tuned for that one. But first, uh, Solomon had a couple of extra points he wanted to add in. So here is some bonus material to round out episode nine. All right, thanks, Cobb, um, for letting me come back for the first for the first podcast. I mean, it goes so quick that uh, I had done all this little bit of research about who my best players were going to be and uh, I really did forget to, to, to mention a few people who have been quite special in the last 10 years. So if you if the listeners can indulge me. So um, I'm going to... Uh, the best bowlers first up that I've ever played with and I'll go with spinners first. You yourself. Oh, no. Mate Cobb. No, you... Uh, I've, played you, with you, you... I've played with you a couple of times. Underbold, underbold, especially as a captain... Um, coming on sort of in the middle, uh, holding them down, you need to bowl a little bit more. That's, that's, that's my, uh, you know, very generous. a great off spinner. But I'm hoping that you've got better spinners yet to come. Uh, about 10 years ago, a guy called Tony Luxford. Not sure if anyone knew him. Leggy. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. old fellow. fellow used to take lots of wickets. He got punished a lot, <laughs> punished severely. But uh, he took lots of wickets back then. Um, I think one year, you could probably go back, he probably took 25 to 30, bowling these little chucky down loopy ones and, and, and caught a cow corner. But, you know, he was quite good. Obviously, it'd be, you know, you, you have to mention the goat, Randall King, over 40s goat, beautiful spinner. He took, he's been now, um, he, for a lot of years, he was our chief wicket taker in over 40s. Bowl these, that beautiful sort of uncertainty in the zone of uncertainty for the batter. Unfortunately, um, he ploughed his trade in the over 40s because I reckon if he had a few better fielders, he might have um, <laughs> doubled his wicket rate. We weren't, we weren't that good in the outfield. Um, but the, the best spinner I've ever played with um, would have to be Swag. Moist or Moist, if you oh, want yeah. to call him Moist. If you're, talking about, if you're talking about the hardest thing in cricket, it's an off-spinner on concrete with a, with a, with a four-piece ball. But... Uh, the amount of wickets that Swag would take, you know, we'd be we'd be toiling the the, the two the two medium paces would toil, and then Swag would come on and take a bucket. You know, he he he's exceptional. Mm. Um, so he's the best yeah, spinner I've ever played year. with. Yep. Oh, year after year. Now Pace got plenty of people that I've played with with Pace. Um, Warhammer, absolute genuine bouncer, and probably the only person I've ever met in in fourth grade who could bowl two or three bounces. In a, in, a, in a spell, because most of us would bowl one bouncer and we'd be out. Well, he'd, the, he'd go back and have a bite of Big Mac, though, and then be ready oh, yeah, to go big, again. Yeah, big Mac, that's right. That's right. He'd be fired up with a bit of pickle. But um, the, the funniest thing in the first three overs with Warhammer would be um, he'd look at the captain and he'd set his field. So, so he'd have three slips, a gully, a point, a cover, a, a, a um, an extra cover, a mid-off and a mid-on. So he'd have an 8-1 field and then bowl the first one down leg side. And then he turned to the captain and he'd say, can you, just, can you stick the mid on over as an extra cover? So we'd have a 9-0 field. That was Warhammer. He was, um, <laughs> he was, definitely, he was definitely special, Warhammer. Um, great bowler, though. Nathan Pellon, mm. probably the best seen position I've ever seen. He could... Uh, There's not a lot of pace there, but a lot of a lot, skill. Not yep. a lot of pace, but always off stump, could get it in and out. And um, no, So he could, he could do it. Elmsy, just, just a metronome. I didn't play a lot with Elmsy, but, uh, you know... Quite fast. Um, if you weren't Herschel Gibbs in the field, you, di- you did cop a little bit of abuse, though. Mm. And, and you know, so uh, you had to be careful. You didn't want to bobble one, and you didn't want to drop a catch. No. You know, 
but um, Elmsy could could do over there, there after There were some over. scary days oh, there yeah. when we had uh, Elmsy and Berkey in the same <laughs> team. <laughs> oh, okay. Was it? I only really copped uh, Elmsy. Only on occasion. Cliffy? Cliffy, oh, was yeah. a, yep. Cliffy was a dead set we could take up. Mm. You know, he uh, off stump, um, but really good lower sort of lower grade bowler, you know, exceptional. Um, Berkey used to scare me in the nets, mm. or still does when I come back, he'll scare me in the nets. He gets that zinger across your face and then he bowls those those all those different types of um, leggies. Mm. And I'm sure he loves scaring people in the net. <laughs> Sexpo, 15 ball overs, three for three for 20. You know, he'd, uh, <laughs> he'd bowl them everywhere and then all of a sudden he'd come out and um, he'd take three wickets. Mm. You know, he was quite exceptional. Um, Rohan, Rohan, I loved bowling with Rohan. Bowled a lot opposite to Rohan. Unfortunate, well, unfortunately for me, I think Rohan took all my wickets. You know, I helped them down and then he, he took all the poles. Yep. Um, but the winner's <laughs> got to be Turtle. Um, yep. For playing a lot of years with Turtle, long spells, that sort of fluid sort of little, that motion, you know, he, he could bowl. He could just bowl all day and often did. But uh, <laughs> he could bowl all day. But <laughs> the joys of being captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Turtle, definitely the best bowler I've bowled, I've seen. And uh, the batters. Now there was a guy probably around two thousand when I first come to the club. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of runs being scored back then. Like you know we weren't we weren't scoring many at all. Mm. Um, often under a hundred. But there was a guy called Brett McLennan. Yep. And he was he was my first sort of batting idol at the club because he was the first hundred that I'd, I'd ever seen. And I thought, blimey, this guy's this guy can bat. Mm. And I went back and had a look at his record, and he had um, I think he came to. Um, he came to Helensvale from Runaway Bay or something. He came from okay. another club, right. and he's had like nine, and he scored nine hundreds overall. Wow! And in the in the in the two thousand seven two thousand and eight season, he scored three hundreds for Helensvale. Sounds like he could grade. rival Benny. He, he could bat, yeah, and lots of fifties. And uh, so yeah, no, Brett McLennan. He, um, I think he came back in two sixteen for a mm, try. He did come back for, yeah, I think, so, a couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. So he was out. He was out for five years. He came back for a couple of games and then went again. But um, you know, a really good batter. Um, ben Daly, obviously, terrorised in the net. I've mm. seen him destroy bowlers. You know, put 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 bowlers in asylum. You know, I've I've watched. I've when he when he stands halfway down the wicket, and uh, and then just dares bowlers to to, to take him on. And he's got like you know that squid in the Atlantic, you know that giant squid <laughs> yes, that, that yes. eats boats, right? Yeah. Apparently, the Guinness Book of Records says it's got an eye the size of a dinner plate. Ben's got Ben's got a bigger eye. <laughs> he bat he bats in the nets, and everything comes out of the centre. Mm. But I reckon the winner, if I if I had a look at if I had a look at the person the, the batter that I would like to be in pure talent wise, I'd have to put Stephen Brown there. Yeah. To actually bowl to him in the nets. His technique is absolutely perfect. Makes it look it's, easy, doesn't oh, he? Makes it look easy. His head position, you can never get him out. Um, and I had the the fortune of playing with him, Dave Rogers, and, and Dean Reynolds in the in a in an over forties team one season. Let's just say number six didn't bat a lot that year. <laughs> now the batter I always wanted to get out in the nets, but have never and uh, never did. Yeah, that goes down once. to the beds. Neither I, of them. Now neither of them. I don't think. I don't think in ten years um, I've bowled to either of them. That I've ever got him out in the nets. Maybe come back and have a crack at Harry. Maybe. But Harry, yeah, Harry's got actually a really good angry, technique too. There's, there's an angry father behind that. So <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But um, I could never get him out. If I, if I could ever do it, I think I'd probably 
lay my ball down in my bat and that'd go. Be, so I reckon that'll be it. Yep. So um, the best fielders. Swag. Now, swag, now, really? There's, there's a story behind this. I don't mean any because, offense, no, swag, but uh... when I when I played when I played four or five years ago in Ben Daly's team. Him and me couldn't catch COVID in the middle of Wuhan right. eating a bat stew. Mm. We could not catch anything. And the last couple of years, um, I played with um, Swag. He caught everything. So right. as, far as, as far as as far as most improved fielder, yep. I've, got to, I've got to give him that because he was dreadful. Um, <laughs> That's a bit of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> he was. He really. He really was dreadful. But um, definitely the, um, the the best the best fielder's got to be Dave Rogers. Yeah. You know, we're talking about a man who got fined because making fine, everyone fine, look fine bad. For everyone making look bad, but um, yeah, no, he's definitely for an old guy. Um, he's definitely got to be the the one. Interestingly enough, there was a game down at Runaway Bay one day, and it was raining really hard. We're up on one of those top pitches, yep. and there was there was like water all over the pitch. Right, it was really bad, and and this guy was taking a really good liking to me. And he, he hooked one, at straight. well, cow's corner, straight out of the screws. It left at head height and it reached the boundary at head height. Dave Rogers got behind it, stuck his, um, stuck his hands up, and the ball, it was like giving birth. He got, both, he got both hands to the ball and it went through his hands like it was giving birth, this, 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 right. this ball, and hit him right in the schnoz. He'll remember that. Did he hang on? No. Oh, no, no. no, he dropped it. He dropped it. It was kind of like an exocet missile. <laughs> Um, so comes down to captains, the best captain I've ever this played. This is a comprehensive review. I know it's a comprehensive review. Um, the best, the best captains that I've ever played with. Uh, I'd have to put it down to a couple, and it would have to be obviously well Ben Daly and, yep. and Matt Steely. Mm. I loved playing under both of them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't probably separate them. Yep, um, they were just they were exceptional. I think the greatest thing about those two, the the captains, all the captains. And it's a great thing about Helensvale also is that we never play dirty. We never play. We never. We never abuse the opposition. You know, we're not, there's not a lot of weekend warriors in our club. We go out there. We play it hard. But uh, there was always that message of respect. And I know Ben always said, you know, respect. And he always respected the players that he played against. So it was all. It's. Um, it's always been a trait. All the guys that I've played under have always had that sort of respect for the other team, which is which is great. It doesn't mean we don't play hard. Mm. It just does, it just means that we don't um, we don't abuse other teams, yep. you know, and it pretty well stands out when we've got those others. Um, as I said before, the best, the most skilled player I've ever played with, Reese Coombs. Mm-hmm. But the best player, definitely, that I've played yep. this year has got to be Ben Daly for everything he's done for the club, for um, for me being able to like you know enjoy my, my cricket. I can't. I remember the first day I turned up and he was he was he, he ate raw oats. So basically, the oats were cooking in his stomach. You know, he had a bat with screws in it. I thought, oh my God, what's this guy? But he's really over the time. He's proved that, that I don't think there's any better leader in the club. I loved it when he when he played um, the one day, or was it the 2020 here against um, the first grade, where he wore where he wore his peak cap under his helmet in in a sort of a stuff you attitude. Mm. I love that attitude. He just looks bowls in the face. He's got no fear, and he just leads. So. Simon, uh, thank you for coming back, and okay. uh, yeah, that was uh, was again uh, very entertaining. <laughs> All right, thank you.